You are now listening to High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. Now let's join our hosts, Q and J, as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... Your uh, your pineapple skull shirt. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. It pretty is indeed pretty. Sweet. It is indeed very sweet. You got actually. your mics working? I did. Awesome. I love Sounds it. Sounds good. You sound good. We look good. Oh, always looking good. You know, I find it pretty interesting that you and I, we take it upon ourselves that even when we're recording in the High Five Writers Room, all just for for no one but you and I, we dress to impress. We dress to impress. I've braided my leg hair. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it I mean, feels even better than it looks. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's what that's what I'm going for, really. I mean, you're you've got it in the bag. You know exactly. Would you what you're stop doing. texting during our show? Absolutely not. We are in the writers. This is our holy place. I'm actually, and you're texting. I'm texting you right are now. Are you sexting me? I am. Do that. After I was the telling show. you that your leg hair looked really Aww. good and felt um, smelled like lavender. Instagram. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm Instagramming a picture of your leg hair right now. This is so like everybody can check it out on on <laughs> high five. <laughs> high five the podcast oh, Instagram. This is a train wreck of leg hair already. It is. It's more like a uh, a long train of leg hair instead yeah. of a train wreck. I like know? it. I like it. Um. So what's going on, man? You know, not a whole lot. You got, you know, we've got our toys here. We've got B. Arthur here. We're gonna talk about some, some of my, of my favorite movies, which is really exciting. I'm really excited about today's topic, which, which, which for me is gonna be difficult because I'm gonna be honest. This is something that I know nothing about. But before we get into that, we should probably high five at some point. I mean, if, if or, you want to, or we can just kind of drone on in 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 improvised style. Where we, you know, there's really kind of a loose script for the show, and we just kind of just say whatever comes to our mind. Right. We're just talking. We're just two guys hanging out, like soda machines and talking bubble gum. So I, uh, I went to IKEA the other day. It was nice. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's very it's cozy in there. They've got it set up like a home show, Uh, and then when you get at home, all your shit breaks. Like immediately. That's how that works. That you know they do that on purpose, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Well, it's sort of like uh, with the with the phone updates. They make you keep buying it, and they make it shittier than they did before. Like I've, I used to have a washing machine and dryer that my grandparents owned ran like a fucking tank, I tell and you then what. we bought new machines, and they broke within like two years. <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore. You know what? They don't. You know what they also don't make? I meant your grandparents. Oh, no, also. they don't. <laughs> yeah. They definitely don't make yeah. them like that anymore. Yeah. Well, no. you know. Adorable and racist. They do. They do. They're called Trump supporters. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? On that, I want to high five you All for right, that. Let's high five. High five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo. High five. Don't let me hang it. I also like how uh, your middle button on your shirt is undone, so I can just stare <laughs> gazingly at your at your that's chest. A, that's my braided chest yeah, hair that I, know. I did for you. I was it was it was very nice. What's weird though is that you have your chest hair braided to my leg hair, <laughs> so it's we're both in a very awkward we're and like precarious Siamese position. Hair twins. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> I think there's a uh, there's a TLC show about that. <laughs> I think so too. It's hair today, like, join tomorrow. Honey braid boo. <laughs> 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 Boo. 
Boo. Boo. That joke is stricken from the record. Nobody should laugh at that at all. I laughed at that. I know. A little bit. I know. A little bit. So, um, I'm going to be honest. You proposed this list to me, and so I'm going to let you do the explaining because you you initially came to me and you're like, "Hey man, I got this idea. This is the this is this list we're going to do." And I went, "I am going to be honest. I don't know what that is." And so, okay. So what yes. is it? Our list today is top five mumblecore movies. Mumblecore. Mumblecore. Uh, so, and, and contrary to popular belief, like it's not just sex while mumbling. Exactly. Nice. It is not just people like talking incoherently on film. Uh, basically, mumblecore is a genre, is a sect of the indie film genre. Nice. But it's all made on shoestring budgets for the most part. Okay. Most of them are completely improvised or okay. at least majority improvised. Nice. There are some exceptions. We'll talk about those in the list. And for the most part, I think almost entirely within the mumblecore genre, no sets are used. It's all naturalist sets. It's all filmed in real locations. And even outside of that, you know, the acting is usually lower key no-name people. Now, as Mumblecore has gotten bigger and more popular, you'll see bigger names pop in, and we'll talk about some on my list where, you know, there are some pretty big stars on there, but they're always filmed in real locations and pretty much always deal with smaller-scale stories. So there's no worlds to save. There's no atomic bombs to defuse. There's no talking animals for the most part. So what you're saying is Michael Bay, not a mumblecore director. Oh, could never do one because mumblecore is based around the idea that the dialogue is the star. So it's not these big set pieces. It could literally be just two people talking for an hour and a half or two hours in a naturalist setting with low-key generic props. I think that's a terrible name for the genre then. I think it should be more like something like mumble bore, mumble snore, mumble I'm going to lay down on the floor and take a nap. Mumble store? Because I tell you what, if it don't have boobies, bangs, guns, and broads and boo-boos. <laughs> you get out of here, you Trump supporter. Man, I don't want it. Well, th- a funny thing about it, we're doing mumble core rhymes. There is a subset of the subset that's, all that's called mumble gore, and it's horror movies filmed in the mumblecore style. So technically still mumblecore movies. Still mumblecore movies, but they're horror, and they have like special effects for death. Nice. And it's called mumble gore. That's which is amazing, it. which we I should have it. a separate list uh, dev- uh, devoted to that because I don't have any of those on my film. But the thing that I love about Mumblecore is, one, I'm a fan of good dialogue. Uh-huh. You know, you get it like a Richard Linklater movie, uh, I'm in it to win it the whole time. Right. I love when people have engaging conversations. I love the naturalistic style uh-huh. of Mumblecore films. But what I also love is that because it's low-key, because it's low-budget, and because it's generally just two people talking in an improvised way, uh-huh. it's basically our fucking podcast. So we're a fucking our, mumblecore podcast? Our podcast is mumblecore. If it were a film. <laughs> right? That so the sound of my brain actually exploded. You didn't think you were a fan. I didn't. But I promise you you're a fan because we do this every week. Well, fuck. Yeah. Right. Fucking so your shit. mind is already blown and you're already wrong shit, about fuck. any sort of negativity you could bring to the mumblecore Hell genre. Oh shit fuck. Yeah. Three. 
And you've and I know that you've heard of like some of these mumblecore directors, like the Duplass brothers. Well, I, I have huge. now because I had to make a list. <laughs> right. Uh, Joe Swanberg, yeah. which he's an actor on a lot, but he also directs a lot. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, Andrew Bajalski is pretty much known as the godfather of mumblecore. He has some of the best ones Jedowarski? out there. Bajalski. Bujowski? Bujakanowski. Balachki. Balake? Lebowski. Oh, oh I know Lebowski. Yeah. I've seen that movie. That's a great movie. I like that a lot. I thought he was called mm. the dude, though, not the not godfather. Not a mumblecore film, I ironically you. enough. He mumbles a lot, though. <laughs> he does. He There's does. a lot of mumbling in that flick. There's a lot of mumbling in our show, though. That is true. Let's be completely honest Maybe with Maybe we ourselves. should have done the whole episode like that, just kind of like, yeah. Uh, so we're going to have this episode of Boobies and Bees. This is the best side of Anakin, Rick Second favorite sponsors. Space Goodman. That's it. That's our show. Yay! All right. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening, and we're out of here. I'd like to thank our sponsors and all of our listeners that we no longer have. Exactly. So this is fantastic. Because we've rambled, mumbled. And possibly and bored everyone to death. And cored? Did we core? We cored. So we mumbled and well, core. Well, you and I were pretty hardcore before. Yeah, we, pretty before hard mumble core. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know it. So uh, let's get into it, man. But, because okay, before, before I'm sorry, I'm no, so sorry. I can't. Before we get into the list, I have to do one thing, and I've wanted to do it for the past couple days. Okay. And I, I, we have to. Okay. okay. Here we go. Let's start our list, but. Let's get ready to mumble. Boo. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever done. Boo, that was awful. <laughs> high five? I'm, no. no. <laughs> you almost went for it, though. You almost went for the high five. I want you to give me your list now. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you interrupted my, my role that I was rolling us into our list for that travesty. It was... It was brilliant. And you let I've, other people call you a comedian. <laughs> I've never let anyone say that, except my wife, who right. says that about my parenting skills. Right. Fair enough. Hilarious. You're just hilarious and a joke. I think it's a joke is yeah. what she normally she says. Actually just said that. Yeah. But I do, okay, before I get into my list, I do have <laughs> no, some No, you're not getting me on this I again. I do have some honorable mentions. I got some honorable mentions. Shut How? How? Because How? there are a shit ton of these, and I love There's these not. types of films. I looked it up. There's there a list are, of like 24. And okay, that's more than five. Yeah, but like they all can't be. Uh, I, I mean, they are though. Some of these are really good. Okay, I don't like believe Francis Ha by yeah. Noah Baumbach is, is great. It's a great film, but it's is not it? as good enough to be on my list. Good. Uh, the Puffy Chair, yeah. one of the earliest by the Duplass brothers. Is and it's great. sequel The Puffy Nips. I love the puffy nips. Have you seen the puffy nips? I, uh, They're related to the cheese nips. They're delicious. <laughs> They're so delicious. Wait, the puffy nips or the cheese nips? Um, yeah. Both? So, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. The puffy nips or the cheese nips? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. Yeah. So your honorable mentions. So, that, yeah, that's it. Those are my honorable mentions. <laughs> nice. Okay. I would have liked it better if you would have mumbled them at me. Okay, but I do have one more. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I've yeah, actually seen that. That's a great one. That was one. one of the very few that I've seen. It was actually directed by... Wow. I heard about that. It was like a super low budget, right? I hate this. People hate this show already. I, know. I can just hear well, people balls already shriveling hate the show, away. And then they listen to this part, and they're just like, these guys are I don't know idiots. what the hell they're talking about. 
Okay, but okay, for people who are interested in Mumblecore, a lot of these are available either on YouTube. <laughs> I think what you meant is for the four people that are interested in Mumblecore. One of them who is me. Right. So uh, the three others <laughs> that are not on this <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, I hate you so much. Yeah. Um, but the, most of these movies you can find like on YouTube in their entireties. There's a lot. There's a lot on Netflix. So you are encouraging piracy openly. I am openly on our podcast. It. You're like go watch them on YouTube illegally. I'm or sure the like creators I stream don't it all. Care. They can watch it on iStream at all. They That's can. Too. That's a great service. There's some. You, there's some ones on Hulu. Netflix. Um, Netflix. So yeah. Amazon Video. They're uh, they're out there. They're red, out there in the world. Red they're galloping. Tube. They're galloping in an improvisational Pornhub.com. You boob. Look up Francis Han. Pornhub. <laughs> Francis Hung. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's gonna autocorrect to. Shh, you just spoiled it. I was letting people go <laughs> search for it. No, you you uh, you find the porn version of like fucking me, you, and everyone we know. Exactly. <laughs> How, wouldn't that be amazing? Like if they started doing porn parodies <laughs> of Mumblecore movies. They called it Mumblecore Hardcore. No, mumble Hardcore. Yeah, Mumble Hardcore. Nipplecore. Yep. That's what it is. That's what Nip, it's called. Puffy, the puffy nipple. <laughs> the that's puffy, what nip. that's the what puffy other, nips. That's what, that's what it's called. Oh, man. Francis let's, Hung. Let's just spend the rest of the episode <laughs> just coming up with uh, porn parody titles for for, the, for these. <laughs> I've actually got a couple for the ones on my list, so okay. I can start out with number five. Yes, And give it. you the real title and then the porn Please title. Please do, but before you do that, let's. I want to encourage our listeners to take to Twitter Tell us, uh, tell us what your favorite uh, reimagined porn parody version title. Your nipple of, cores. Yeah, of your of your uh, mumble hardcores. So tweet at us at hi the number five the podcast hashtag nipplecore with your porn parody title. I like mumble hardcore. Mumble hardcore. Okay. Yeah. So okay. hashtag that, that one's better. Let's do ma- that hashtag mumble hardcore. Tweeted us. Or they can uh, email us at high five the podcast. No, 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 no. My five oh, yeah, at high right. five the podcast. Well, I was, I was thinking of Shut the website. Up. Shut up. Um, or they can uh, smoke signal it. So, yeah, smoke signal it. Carrier Weed pigeons. Smoke signal it. Yeah. Um, carrier S- owls. Send a raven. <laughs> if you're in the in Westeros. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's a good one. So um, yeah. Hashtag carrier midgets. Mumble hardcore. Send us your uh, your best parody titles. Or post it on our Facebook wall at uh, facebook.com. High five the podcast. Please do. Or just take pictures. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. We're gonna see it one way or the other. Yeah. Um, okay. So my number five. Yep. Is a movie called Bellflower. Porn title Ballflower. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. So uh, directed by Evan Gladell. Okay. And what I love, have you seen this one, by the way? <laughs> this this is a movie that is up your alley. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You haven't seen any of I these. can almost guarantee you're not going to list a single movie that I've seen. So just assume that I haven't, and please just tell me about them. Okay, so I'm Bellflower riveted. is totally up your alley. Okay. Because what it's about is two buddies who are bored with life. Loving it so yeah. far. Yep. It's a, buddy, it's a buddy comedy. Well, buddy dramedy. And they're obsessed with the apocalypse that they are sure is about to happen Ooh, so they're okay. pimping out one of their cars as a an apocalypse survival vehicle i am 100 percent on board with that so basically okay. the movie is about two friends that are making a flamethrower and missile shooting car oh, in I'm, their garage I'm so in <laughs> right all right i'm right? sorry you sold me on that one for that one's sure. awesome I mean, just the setup sounds amazing and this one's number five on my list because it is mumblecore, but it takes a 
it takes it a step further, and it's actually one of the only mumblecore movies that uses any kind of special effects. Okay. Like, they have a literal flamethrowing car for the movie. They made a car that shoots fire just okay. for this film. And normally there are no, that's kind of the criteria. There's really very, yeah. very, like... For most of these, it's, it's, you know, go out in the world and talk about relationships or talk about life, or it's, and like, these re- it. very realistic coming-of-age stories or just realizing who you are stories. Um, but this one, it's the same type of thing as these two guys, these two 20-somethings, coming of age and you know maturing. One of them kind of falls in love with this random girl, and it messes up their uh, pre-apocalypse plan. Nice. And it's sort of them dealing with all of that. All right. But it, they're still trying to build this car. It's actually promoted as a pre-apocalypse film, which I, initially I grabbed me. Uh, the dialogue is great. The relationship between the, the two main actors is fantastic. And it's, it's incredibly entertaining all the way through, especially once you start getting into their setup with the car. It is so much fun to watch. Nice. So that's why it's number five, because it takes the mumblecore genre and then adds in some lo-fi special effects that people in the movie are making on a shoestring budget, and they're making it for real on a shoestring budget. Nice. So I like it. Number five, Bellflower, porn title Ballflower. Ballflower. Um, I'm going to go seek it out. <laughs> so uh, the n- number four mm-hmm. is a movie called Computer Chess. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I've actually heard of this mm-hmm. one. This is... Porn title Computer Chest. <laughs> oh, I love it. I thought it was going to be Come Poop on Her Chest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that. Yeah, let's right, let's go so with that. Come poop on our chest. And that one is actually directed by Andrew Bajalski. Okay, so like the, the which Godfather. Is the one that you were telling me about. Yeah. Now this one, I'm gonna take a stab at it to make sure this is the movie that I'm thinking. It okay. Is, okay. Go for it. So I'm gonna take a guess. This is the one that is like a '80s computer chess programming tournament or something like that. That's it. And it's all in black and white, right? It's all okay. in black and white. I haven't seen it. I saw a trailer for this, and I remember this being the first time that I was ever like, I want to see that. It is so. It's spellbindingly good, and like, it's to the point where it's almost hypnotic. Like, it's an hour and twenty-seven minutes. Like, it's a perfect length for a movie of this type. Uh-huh. But it's so realistic that you literally forget you're watching a film for the most part. Nice. And it's it's shot all on actual 80s equipment so it looks the part like you would forget that you're not just watching some random person's home videos or like a Ken Burns documentary if the characters weren't slightly quirky enough. Okay. And you're right. Like the premise of the movie is they're at this basically a holiday inn in the 80s and they're getting together and it's a bunch of computer programmers that have programmed their computer AI to play chess and then the computers play chess against each other and it's a tournament to see who can get up right. to the front and like there are people that are cheating there are people that are like legends there's one guy whose room gets accidentally given to somebody else so literally the entire film he's trying to find somewhere to sleep that's like that's amazing. the whole that's his whole arc and, like, people wander into these, like, marriage counseling sessions. There's somebody that, like, a stray cat gets into the hotel and he's chasing it the whole movie. It's just, it's great. Interesting. I mean, and I can't talk highly enough about it because it really does. Yes, you can. Does. You just go like this. <laughs> and it's a really good movie. Come poop on her chest. Yeah. 
You see what I did there? Yeah. I talked highly. It was pun fun time. All right, so go ahead. As you're just showing your excitement by just yeah. smacking, <laughs> smacking your lips at me. Staring dead-eyed at your face. Well, I'm going to be that's honest. You're actually giving me kind of a come-hither stare, so. That's just my normal face, okay. but it's, a ra- it's amazing how many people hit on me on the bus. Yeah. Just Thomas be- Jane yeah. hit on me the other day at a Kinko's. Did he? But I don't think he has that much going on. <laughs> He's just <laughs> hanging out. He's just <laughs> hanging out. Like, he did that show hung about his penis, and it's pretty much it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's why he was at the Kinko's, just yeah, making just copies. Of his dick, <laughs> which was weird in public, I can <laughs> tell you. But you know what? Celebrities. They I was like, who's that guy like, laying naked on the printer, and they're like, oh, that's Thomas Jane. He comes in every Thursday. Yeah, he's making like, his, oh, okay. he's, he's trying to pitch to HBO or whatever series, Showtime. <laughs> Uh, another season of that show, so he's just making his own posters. It's, it's called Hung 2, but T-O-O. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just pictures of his dick. Yeah. It's just photocopied <laughs> pictures of his dick. Of his actual dick. <laughs> yeah. And it just I, says on it, it's like starring Thomas Jane. Also starring Thomas <laughs> Jane's dick. Starring Thomas Jane's penis yep. named Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, in its uh, feature debut. <laughs> You almost made me spit out my ear. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Don't do that, though. But, yeah, no, this Computer Chess is – it's sort of one of those movies that, again, it hypnotizes you with how realistic yet weird and quirky it is. And if you just saw it on television, if you just happened to land on a channel, uh-huh. you would be convinced you were just watching a documentary. Like, you would think you landed on PBS. That sounds – Boring. It does. I, it really I, does. In concept, it sounds like if you, I was really cr- fingers crossed that you were going to be like, computer chess is spellbinding. And I was going to follow it up with said no one ever. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, and there are like great twists in it. It ends in a place you don't really ever think, but it sort of just fizzles. But it's so good. Like, kind of you, like our show. Yeah, again, it just ends in a place that you never really think <laughs> and it just really, fizzles you out. You don't even want it. Right. Half the time you're like, why am I still watching this? And you're but like, you oh, can't because stop. I just can't stare it's away. It's like a boring Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my number four. <laughs> I like it so far. Come poop on her chest and ball flower. <laughs> and ball flower. Yep. And then number three is uh, drinking buddies or drinking boobies. Oh man, I like it. Or drinking fuck buddies. <laughs> yeah, that was a drinking honestly, your fuck buddy. <laughs> honestly, that's a that's a that, cum joke. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I don't want to do this. Uh, just, nope, we're doing it. <laughs> but it's funny. smoke up, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me his penis for Christmas. He's <laughs> yeah. like, smoke up, Billy. Take it all. Gross. That's a whole different slant. <laughs> Drinking to, to your the fuck bre- buddies. To the breakfast club. Yep, I love it. It's t- terrible. Yep. Terrible. That is. Um, that was the alternate. But ironically, like this one's by Joe Swanberg, who I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And drinking fuck buddies is actually an accurate title for this movie. <laughs> You're welcome, Hollywood. But it's really good. Like, and this one is one that actually steps a little bit outside of Mumblecore and has a lot of big actors in it. Okay. So it's like Jake Johnson. Um, from New Girl. From right? New Girl and a lot of other like really good things. Uh, Anna Kendrick is in oh, it. Oh, yeah, I like her. Olivia Wilde. Girl. Yes. Fingers crossed. Oh, man. Marvel, get on that holy shit, you motherfuckers. Sh- holy shit, yeah. Squirrel Girl all the way for Anna Kendrick. Or do you see that the girl who played Barb in Stranger yes. Things put her name in? Okay, so I would see a chick fight between those two. So as, 
I would like to see a chick fight between those two naked. Mm, okay. Why not? You know? Yeah, why not? Why yeah. Not? yeah. That's hey, not hey. sexist. No, That's hey. Female empowerment. Feminism. They want to fight naked. I'm gonna let them. Yeah. And I'm just gonna. And I'm just gonna hope that they let me hang out I'm and gonna, watch. I'm gonna root for both of them. I thought you were gonna say record. <laughs> I'm gonna record. <laughs> I'm gonna record both I'm of them. I'm gonna secretly <laughs> record it from this closet. <laughs> from this closet. <laughs> just gonna hang um, out in here while you guys just do your thing. Whatever. Squirrel naked girl chick parts. fighting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be, so I, speaking of Squirrel Girl, not to like detract from your drinking your fuck buddies movie, but uh, have you seen, so there's two versions of Squirrel Girl in the comic book. They're so both you've got sort like, of ridiculous, by the way. But they both, each, like Anna Kendrick and the chick who plays Barb, they both kind of look like each incarnation they do. of Squirrel Girl. So technically, if they wanted to go all like Scott Lang, Hank Pym on it and have like nice. two Squirrel Girls, nice. they could both play it. They You're welcome, Marvel. Boom. You could have Barb doing like Hank Pym like they did in Ant-Man, yeah. right? She could be like the original Squirrel Girl <laughs> back in the day. younger than Anna Kendrick. No, no, no. She could be the original Squirrel Girl, right? Yeah. So she's in the flashback scenes to the original Squirrel Girl from like the 80s. Sure. We'll say. And then you flash forward to current times when Anna Kendrick picks up the mantle of Squirrel Girl. She I gets like bitten it. by a radioactive dog. <laughs> what? That's not the story. Yeah, that's how it happens, right? Bitten by a radioactive dog, become a squirrel girl. How? How? Okay, walk me through that logic. That's right. just ridiculous. So basically, uh, dogs are like bigger squirrels, right? Okay, I'm following you. <laughs> and that's it. Oh. That's all you need. I was thinking, okay, what I would prefer is a dog eats a radioactive squirrel, uh -huh. thus becoming radioactive himself. That's ridiculous. Bites Anna Kendrick, and some of the squirrel blood gets no, into her. No, this is just a magic dog bites Anna Kendrick, <laughs> and she becomes a squirrel girl. What part of that do you not understand? Because Marvel. Cause All right. Superheroes. Get on it, Marvel. Obviously, you're not as big of a comic book fan as you thought you were. <laughs> oh, and then... um. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to embarrass you on the podcast like that. <laughs> Um, I hate to call I, out your credentials. I retire. I yeah. retire I'm, from movie I'm knowledge. A, I'm officially of pulling. That. I'm officially pulling your geek card. <laughs> okay, I I hand it over willingly Good. because I did not know that, that I did not know this. Seriously, logic. hand it to me right now. <laughs> me. Thank you. <laughs> we just lovingly held hands for about two seconds. Oh Sorry. my God! Please tell me about drinking fuckbuddies. <laughs> okay, so. It's poss honestly, it's possibly my favorite Anna Kendrick and Jake Johnson movie. Like, not okay. that they star in together because yeah. I think this is the only one, but it's just so good. It's one of those where, again, the stakes aren't high. The premise of the movie is Jake Johnson. Jack Johnson? Jake Johnson. Like bubbly toes? No, <laughs> no, not like bubbly like toes. Like the fucking, like, you know, hey, you want to go up to my room and listen to some Jack Johnson? I know who you're talking about. It's not him. Okay. This is Jack. This is. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it is it. it is Jack Johnson. It's Jake Johnson. <laughs> you just said it. But he right, he is. I'll let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. Okay, so uh, Jake Johnson and Olivia Wilde work at a brewery, uh -huh. and they're basically like best friends, okay. and they're perfect for each other. Loving it so far. Um, and they have great chemistry, and they joke around, and they have fun. But Jake Johnson is dating and pseudo-engaged to Anna Kendrick. And uh, Olivia Wilde is dating Ron from Office Space. Oh. 
okay. Yeah. So he's in it as well. Wow, that is some fairly decent. Yeah, like big names for this decent movie. Names. Um, and so they they're all friends. They all hang out, and then they all go up to a cabin one weekend, and. Ron and and that's where the serial killer just attacks them. <laughs> and they all no, no, just die. that's not Mumblecore. That's not how this works. It's not how this works. That's Mumblegore. Gore. That's Got right. It. Which is Got not it. like Mumblegore. A good example Noted. of Mumblegore would be like You're Next. Mm-hmm. Like that's a Mumblegore movie. Got it. More scripted than a lot of Mumblecore, but it is. It's that's another just a Swanberg and Ty West blood. Mm-hmm. And serial killers. Yep, Joe Swanberg's actually in your next. He's a, he's an actor in it. I know that. No, you didn't. We shut ho- up. I co-host a movie podcast for a living. <laughs> right, it's my full time. You job. think squirrel squirrels come from dogs? <laughs> I know squirrels come from dogs. I know squirrels come on dogs. <laughs> That's actually That's the porn parody of uh, Squirrel Girl. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, squirrel but- Girl busting them nuts. <laughs> 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 right? Yeah, that's it. Squirrel Girl busting the nut. Yep. That's, that's, what, that's the porn you're title. Welcome. You're welcome, Marvel. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so they all go up to the cabin, and then what happens is basically Anna Kendrick and Ron start to have really close relations, and they all just kind of come back. And it throws the whole friendship relationships into a quandary. Oh no! Oh no! But what then they, whatever will they do? They well, many things happen, right. and it's and and and, and um, it's all quite normal, naturalistic. Okay. But the one thing I like about this movie is it's one hundred percent improvised. Okay. So Joe, Joe Swanberg had a script and he had plot points that they had to get to, but every scene is one hundred percent just improvised by the actors, knowing they had to get to certain scenes. Mm. Which is really Hence, neat. Mumblecore, like you were explaining. Exactly. I get it exactly. Now. That's fantastic. But another fun fact about this is that it, it takes place in a brewery. They're all heavy drinkers. They all signed on only if they could drink real beer during the shoots. What? So it's not prop beer. Like most of the scenes, they're all legitimately drunk. That's even better. Can I know. We, can we do a movie like this? We we're doing a podcast Cheers. like this right now. Cheers. Clink. But it's, it's really great. It's actually – it's very romantic. It's very naturalistic. And it doesn't end where you think it would end. Like it's sort of like one of those rom-coms. Okay. But it misses every beat that you would expect from a from <laughs> So a it's rom-com. a rom-com, just a terrible one. No, no. It's, it's like way better than gotcha. any rom-com you meet because you watch it and you're like, oh, shit. That's probably how it would happen. Oh, so it's more a realistic rom-com. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, like Ron So it's Living- like how you and I got together. Exactly. Perfect. So like Ron Livingston and Anna Kendrick have these like awkward moments at the cabin and it makes their relationships awkward when they get back home, which make things awkward between Jake and Olivia who are like best friends and then they all kind of have to work out their issues and grow up, really. Nice. And it's it's so interesting and it's about a, again, all these are about an hour and a half, so they're really easy to take in. They're <laughs> nothing no nothing over They're over just really just taking it they're in. They're just Thick and they're throbbing and, and they're, they're great and and it's just enough just to you just accept it and you just take it in yeah right you don't question it you don't call the police right none of that and that's it that's how you drink your fuck buddies that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly how it's done right um but I mean it really is that some of the Anna Kendrick can knock any role out of the park I yeah. think you know she was in uh, I think Happy Christmas. Something like that, and it's a it's another mumblecore, but she's she's really great in pretty much everything that she's in. Nice. And Jake Johnson, I think, is just hilarious 
in general. Like everything he's in, I think he's really, really funny. Even like shitty movies like he's in, like Let's Be Cops, is he's really funny. I'm gonna be in honest it. with you, I thought that movie was pretty fucking funny. He is great in it. And so I if thought this Damon is Wayans Jr. was pretty great in it too. Damon Wayans Jr. doesn't get enough credit. I'm not too anticipatory. Or as I like to call him mini Damon Wayans. Yes. Yeah. I think that's his common name. That's what's on his resume and his right. headshot. It that's on his actual birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. Um, not really looking forward to that like Lethal Weapon show that he's doing. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I am not looking forward to that at all. I don't. I could give two shits yeah. about that. But he was great in Happy Endings. Hilarious in that show. Yeah. You ever watch that show? No. It's really good. Like Is you it? should give it a shot. I l- I remember him from. Uh, what was that Save the Last Dance like joke movie? Like kind of like the spoof one. It was called like, fuck, I don't know, Dance Till You or Can't Dance Anymore after the last one. I don't fucking that's know. That's not but even. It was that's nowhere close, and I don't was, know what movie you're talking about. It was basically like a scary movie version of like those types of movies, and he was the main guy. Kind of don't want to see that. Um, not after your description of it. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. It wasn't good. Okay, but he's funny in that. <laughs> And that leads us to Jake Johnson, who's funny, who's funny in this movie. Jack Johnson. Shut up. <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> Got but, it. But yeah, so I recommend Drinking Buddies. That one actually is on Netflix. I recommend Drinking uh, Your Buddies. Yeah, no, totally. Any um, opportunity that you get. Just so that uh, one you can watch without pirating, which is nice. Oh, yeah. that's uh, good. So they can get it on sources probably such as? Netflix. I stream it all. Netflix. I watched it on Netflix. That guy on the corner list. that will sell you DVDs <laughs> for a dollar out of his trunk. That he's like in the theater and it's the shaky cam. <laughs> and then like half of it's just him watching himself masturbate. Do you know how badly I want to start a movie piracy business with you where we only sell bootleg shaky cam versions of mumblecore movies? <laughs> <laughs> Could we? I think that would be super meta that it would actually implode on itself. <laughs> just become a black hole. It would be like the ring, except like a, a wet woman wouldn't come out of the screen. Can you imagine trying to pitch that if you're on the street corner and you got your trunk open? You're like, hey, psst, hey, 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 you looking, you looking for a movie tonight? I got, I got new releases. And they're yeah. like, oh yeah, what do you, you got like Transformers Five? You want to see the puffy chair? Right. Hey, I got Francis Ha. And they're like, what? And you're like, I've got a, uh, what's that? Computer uh, chess. Yeah. You want to see a computer chess? What's the, what's the one with the stairs in the title? Something, someone takes the stairs. Jeff who lives at home? No. There's another one. It's called something about, hey, hey, do you like, do you like going, do you like going upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, do you like, like yeah. You're like, that doesn't have anything to do with the movie. <laughs> I just you want to know your workout do, routine. Do you like people named Cyrus? <laughs> I got a movie about one. It's really good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, you can't get this anywhere. I mean, you can actually. It's <laughs> like you can it's watch pretty, it pretty, pretty readily, pretty available. readily available. But I've got I've got these shaky cam <laughs> versions that actually I didn't even record at the theater. I just recorded them at home on the TV. <laughs> it's just called Shumblecore. <laughs> it's just it's just a dude with a camcorder recording his 32 inch Trinitron Sony television. What's so weird? So you get those nice like you know have you ever tried to like. <laughs> video record <laughs> an old school CRT monitor and it just gets those like energy lines yeah. in it. Has so energy, it has has the channel up at the top. Yeah. So that's what you've got through the whole movie. And, like, and you're like, yeah, it's actually it's actually a a, a, a 
I recorded it on 16 millimeter, okay? So it's real <laughs> indie. And six, I six, took the DVD of the movie and I dubbed it to beta. <laughs> 16 to 1 ratio, bitch. Full mono <laughs> soundtrack. We just got real nerdy, like, audio <laughs> video file. But for anybody who appreciates it that's listening to the show, all half of you, um, that joke is very funny. It's that very concept accurate is and really hilarious. And what's great about Shumblecore is that ev- like two-thirds of every video is my cat up on the TV, like, patting at Jake Johnson on the screen. <laughs> so he's just like, meow, meow. And you're like, get, get down. Get down! And then, like, the other half is just me looking into my kitchen getting a drink because I'm, I'm thirsty. And that's the whole movie. That's the whole movie. And, like, every now and then you get glimpses of the TV as I'm panning past it. I love and it. And you're like, I'm pretty sure that was Anna Kendrick. I think that's going to be High Five Media's next uh, foray into uh, into our business. Shumble reaching core. out. Yeah. I love it. I love cool. it. Cool. So, I, you know what else I love? Your list so far. Yeah. I, I, I would highly recommend you watching all three of these. I think you would really enjoy them. As much as you say you're not a Mumblecore fan or haven't really gotten into the genre, these three would help you understand how good it can be. I will say that you have, I'm actually going to seek these out on a Shumblecore copy as soon as I can get my hands on one. I've got a couple of VHSs in my trunk in the alley out back that we can go on. You got Michael Bay movies? It's like eight bucks. (laughs) Oh. Whoa, that's a little pricey. No, it's not. It's, It's economics. Yeah. You know, it's also super trendy, so <laughs> right. it's actually now. Now that you said that's too expensive, it's fifty bucks now. It's the most. It's the most hipster thing. It's one hundred dollars now. <laughs> and if you say another word, you can't have it. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't exist. Yeah. Can't have it. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have it at all. No matter no matter how much money you have, <laughs> doesn't it's like matter. A three, it's like a three six mafia one <laughs> CD record. I've sold it to a pharmacy rep, and you can't have it until twenty twenty seven. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Done. Twenty one twenty seven. So run down your list for me again. Okay. So movies five, that I can't have. Five is Bellflower or, or Bellflower. Bellflower. Uh, four is Computer Chest. Or come poop come, on her chest. Come poop on her chest. And then three is drinking. <laughs> we're grown-ups. <laughs> no, we're not. And number three is drinking buddies or drinking fuck buddies. Yeah, I love it. So that's that's my five, four, three. Um, and now I'm honestly super interested to hear what you have to say, <laughs> considering you had, when I said, hey, we're going to do Mumblecore movies, you're like, great. What is that? Actually, okay, so what the, the later part of that conversation that you didn't see after we split off from one another is I then went, hmm, I wonder what movies I have already seen that were Mumblecore that I didn't know were Mumblecore. And guess what? There were exactly five of them. <laughs> hey, perfect. And they are <laughs> on their <laughs> list. <laughs> All you had to do was rank them at that yeah, point. Exactly. So well, that's what I it. did. Let's hear it. Let's hear your number five. So number five. Uh, I'll have you know, I did my research for this episode, okay. unlike any of our other episodes. <laughs> I love to see that you're actually caring about the show now. I, d- I did. I put in a solid three and a half minutes of Wikipediaing. <laughs> so you're a college kid. Exactly. You're a college kid writing a research paper on racial justice. I printed out a certificate that certified that I am now a Mumblecore master. Right. A right. grandmaster is actually what it said. It's actually Mumblecore Maester, but right. you would have known that if you gave it. I got shit. a certification that said I'm a grandmaster, and it automatically signed me up for the Trump newsletter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you see that tie-in? Grandmaster. Yeah. It's the Klan. Yeah. <laughs> for all I those think, who don't know. I think we all got it. 
Well, how about you do your list? <sighs> Damn it. All right, so my number five okay. is actually, speaking of uh, doing my list and Wikipediaing things, I did know about Mumble Gore yeah. because this movie qualifies under that realm, and this one is The House of the Devil. That's an awesome Ty West? Yep. Fantastic. Movie. Absolutely. And it does qualify as Mumble Gore, although not... Mumble Gore is more scripted, which I don't mind. Like some of mine are scripted as right. well, but that one is a fantastic film. Yep. So this one, uh, basically, everybody kind of knows the gist. This is your quintessential, or if you haven't seen it, it's your quintessential kind of 80s style babysitter on the run from, well, something. Cult- I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Yeah, it's kind of. It's it's really kind of awesome because it's sort of a slasher movie. But it's sort of Not. House of a Thousand Corpses, but and it's it also, also has sort some, of like, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, it's like Rosemary's Baby suspense. It's like it's really a, a 1970s thriller. It really, really is. And even I love the the artwork, the cover art. Oh, I'm a big cover art fan. So good. And Ty West, a lot of his movies in general have super mm-hmm. cool, like throwbacky kind yep. of cover art or Another, poster art. And Speaking my, of poster art, we have some pretty sweet posters for this episode yeah for this episode we also have one for our david lynch episode which will be going live yeah um so i keep your eyes peeled people we're gonna have ways for you to purchase these it will and uh it's not a surprise or a secret but they'll be on our spreadshirt account like so if you go to the shop on our website they'll be up there for you can so you can buy them sweet you can buy it because i can tell you these posters they're better than our show so much better than they make us look legit oh man like it makes me feel bad the designer who sends those to us a friend of the show uh, very close and when she sends them to us it's like oh this is way more like highbrow than our entire show like have you listened to our show yeah we're like like, "Mm, (laughs) i feel bad but i like ty west is one of those who i think he does the mumble gore genre really well um, another one of his, and I don't want to like ruin your list, but like so let's not Sacrament. Let's, have let's you seen not, that? Let's not just list movies. But the Sacrament is one of his. I have seen them, and it's really good. It, and is, it qualifies it as, as mumble gore. It is. So, but let's talk about House of the Devil because that one threw me for a loop because I didn't really know what to expect going in. Yeah. So basically, I mean, we won't spoil it, but uh, a lot of it is basically, um, you know, just kind of this this chick on the run from a bunch of different weird forces that yep. are falling upon her in this evening of her babysitting. And she's a college student yep. looking for money, so she picks a flyer from her college campus of people looking for a babysitter, and the call's coming from inside the house, but the call is from Satan. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, all the cinematography was uh, like like your come on her chest, or computer chest, or come poop on her chest, whatever. That's that's the whole series of movies. That's one, two, and three. Uh, it, it was filmed period specific. Yeah. So it's filmed like a late seventies, early eighties movie. So and a lot it of the feels film like techniques, it. a lot of the style, a lot of the sound work, uh, soundtrack. Man, the soundtrack in that is so oh, man, good. It is cool. it, like the, whoever did the score for that is a master. Yeah, they've got uh, featuring like the fixes. Uh, one thing leads to another is one that's used. I've got a list of some of the tracks on here because it was really good. Uh, the Greg Kind Band's uh, breakup song, nice, which is good stuff. Um, but it's all accurate. It's all yeah. from the time period. So it's you got like a 1983 song, 1981 song. Yep. 
But it's like I know you appreciate they're kind of deep cut tracks. You know oh, what I mean? They're yeah. not like hit songs from, you know, it's not like White Snake. You know? <laughs> um, you've got these are kind of like little. It's not running with the devil. Right. It's House of the Devil. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why it earned its number five spot on my list. That's also really because it's one of the five movies. That's a really good one. I almost could spend the rest of the episode talking with you about that movie because it really did surprise me in almost every beat because. You know, she gets to the house and there's like no kids, and it, it then it just it keeps getting weirder and weirder, but it all makes sense within the context of the film. Exactly, and even better. Um, and I'm a big f- like actual film nerd, not meaning like the the art of cinema, but film as in like projectors of film. And this whole thing was shot on 16 millimeter, mm-hmm. which is crazy because. Nobody shoots on 16 millimeter, especially anymore. Not, but Ty West does. Uh, but this was, I mean, relatively recent. I mean, it was 2009. So yeah. 2009 shooting on 16 millimeter, cool and risky because yeah. you shoot it like that and you are very lucky that somebody decided to pick it up. But I mean, when you have a product that gets put out that's that good. Oh, man. Um, and, and it was, I don't even, I don't know the budget, but it was super small, like three, four million, maybe not, maybe a little bit higher, but I don't have the numbers, but I would say that that sounds about right. Plus, um, super interesting. Uh, this was Ty West's second feature and his first one was a sequel to, to, uh, uh, wow. Cabin Fever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, which, was, which was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great. But he also did one of the VHS segments. Yeah, he's done a bunch since then. Um, I actually looked it up. The budget was 900000 Like less than better, a million. Less than a million dollars. And, but honestly, watching the movie and the, and the quality of the product that he put out, the acting, the quality of it, – it had a very – the only other movie that I could really relate it to in feel, time period feel, would probably be most recently It Follows – Oh, I want. I was. I'm glad you mentioned that. Speaking of cover art, have you seen the DVD art for that? Yeah, absolutely. It, with the car like rear view yes. and the, it follows. It looks like a 1970s cover. Yep. And it's beautiful. And we we've talked about how much we love that movie. Oh man, and it's that movie is great. very similar. Absolutely. But it has that kind of that tonal feel mm-hmm. through the whole movie. It's got this very retro throwback yeah. kind of feel, but with a new story. Something yep. that, while parts of uh, House of the Devil are very you know, cobbed from other things of the era. Yeah. It actually feels pretty unique. Like, it's its own kind of thing. It's weird. I got a really big Suspira vibe from oh, that yeah, movie. yeah, totally. Where it's like a, a college girl in a strange situation where things just unfold and get more and more satanic as the yep. movie goes on. But there's really not a lot of gore. There's no. not a lot of jump scares. Nope. It's just it's, dread. It, yeah, it's just the overall feeling of the movie that gives yeah. you that suspense and the terror. Good. That's a good addition to the list. Thanks, I, I avoided a lot of mumble gore from my list, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, I didn't. Good. So, <laughs> good. strap in. No, I mean, honestly, the more we can talk about them, I want people to go out and watch these movies because this is not, this is a genre that does not get enough attention for how good it actually is. Sure. I absolutely agree. And we'll use that to roll into my number four. Continuing on the mumble gore train, you're next. Boom. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That is an Adam Wingard movie. Yes. Another VHS alum. Absolutely. VHS is super solid. 
I agree. The second one and then the viral. Yeah, not, the not second so one's actually okay because it has there's two segments in the second one I really like right. where there's the one where the guy's wearing a GoPro yeah. and he turns into a zombie. Yeah. You know who directed that segment, right? Uh-uh. The guy who did the original Blair Witch Project. Uh, it, he's the guy that did because okay. him and Adam Wingard became friends at a Comic Con. Hence why they have now put out uh, Blair Witch. The Blair Witch. Directed by Adam Wingard. Which let's just take a second to step back and look at the the Marvel marketing wise that they were able to do with that movie. In today's oh social goodness. media times, this whole movie got made, produced, screened and no one knew that it was a Blair Witch because they called it the movie. Woods. They called it the Woods, but the fact that I mean, you know, in the days where there are a million movie websites floating around, J.J. Um, Abrams taking extreme lengths for secrecy around yep. films. I mean, there's almost no way in today's social media times to keep things under wraps like yeah. that. So the fact. That actually made my interest in that movie so much higher just because I was like, holy shit. They pulled off a completely under-the-radar sequel to what is, and whether you like the movie or not, it was a game-changing movie, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, man. In the history of Annals of Cinema, it was one of the first mainstream blockbuster found footage movies. There were was. found footage prior like, to. Cannibal Holocaust kind of fits that bill, but only about half that movie is found footage. And this a lot one, of people still have, I mean, other than you and I, a lot of people have, haven't have seen that movie. It's right. not in a common lexicon. It's but not like a popular zeitgeist but movie. Everyone <laughs> be either. knows of the Blair right. Witch. And like I said, whether you like it or not, it... Yeah. It made a huge pop culture impact. Well, and technically, and I don't know if it's on your list, it's not on mine. I'll spoiler alert. That's but fine. Blair Witch Project could technically be considered mumblecore. Yeah, it is not on my list. It's, so I can say it's that. improvised, it's filmed with handheld cameras, it was done on a shoestring budget with no name actors. Exactly. And I almost appreciated the marketing of that one because they really made it sound like, hey, this really happened. And they hit a perfect time because I remember, too, that was kind of – internet was newish. Yeah. There was no – I mean, cell phones were minimal. Um, there was no social media. Right. Um, so everything was this cool, like, you still had that word of mouth kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember I was uh, going to school at the time when that movie came out, and I remember the buzz and the kids around school. Everybody was like – Hey man, they're they're gonna put out this movie, man, and it shows people being murdered. Like, actually, for happened. real, like, like people thought it like actually this happened, happened in in Burkitt, Massachusetts, or wherever it took place. Yeah. They were like, "Yeah, this happened." Burkittsville, like, is that it? Yeah. They were like, "This is legit." Like, they're they're putting out this footage because you know it. They want the yeah. world to know like what happened. And I know, like, that's one of those movies, and we'll get to your next. But like, that's one of those movies. My wife, it. It scared the bejesus out of yep. her because it is, and a lot of people don't like the shaky cam and yeah. like you know Paul Greengrass or whatever who didn't direct that. Right. But no. it, it, it's if you like that kind of thing, if you're wanting naturalistic, it's good. Right. If you want to actually see what's happening, it's not it's really not for the movie you. for you. Right. But one of the things I love about this new one, and I haven't seen it yet. No. But we should go see that. I, I would love to, but they kept it under wraps, like you said. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, Adam Wingard, who we're wrapping back around yes. to your list, met 
the guy who created Blair Witch Project at a Comic-Con, and they kind of hit it off, and the producers wanted, the studio wanted to do a reboot of right. the Blair Witch Project and approached Adam Wingard with it, and he said yes. That's why they were able to keep it under wraps because they didn't shop right. it around. He, the first person they asked said yes, and they were so scared of rebooting a popular title because of the backlash against Ghostbusters right. that they it wasn't a marketing ploy. They were just well, terrified of internet backlash. It worked out perfectly, and on top of that, um, it's actually a sequel. Yeah. So it, it a re-bequel. I, I think yeah, we coined that term a couple episodes so ago. I do know a little bit about the plot, and I read that um, it's basically like the brother of the Amanda character. I think Heather. Her name, I Heather. Think. Yeah. Um, she, he goes to look for her. Right. There's a YouTube video that gets released right. that he thinks he sees her in. Right. So he's convinced she's still alive. She's alive. So he goes back out with friends. So it friends is kind of that, that sideways sequel yeah. and, and continuing the And from story. what I've heard, they hit a lot of the same beats. Like the house is there, yeah. the serial killer there. And I heard it's wooden great. I want to see it. I hope it's as good as the buzz. Um, I just I don't know if it can live up to it, but I yeah. know Adam Wingard is good. Yes, speaking of because speaking he like did one background, uh, you're next, which so I will say great. was fantastic. And along the lines of a movie like Hot Tension mm -hmm. or um, I can't High remember. Tension. Well, I know the French version was Hot Tension or whatever. Yeah. It's like H O U T E. Boom, school, motherfucker. But yeah, the American version. I hang my head in shame for you, lamos. <laughs> <laughs> is high tension, but uh, and I'm sure you can name some more out of your expertise. But th it was it's this movie is kind of that quintessential. You think it's going one way, you got a group of killers attacking people, and then all of a sudden shit gets flipped on them, and now they're the ones right in trouble. Well, and that's one of the things I loved about your next is because Adam Winger did it so intelligently. Is in one of my um, J horror segments before I mentioned The Hills Have Eyes, yep. and I talked about how I liked that movie because the victims sort of man up and go out, and they're like, you know what, I'm not going to take this, and they go after the attackers. And I forget the character's name, the girl in that movie, but yeah. she becomes a super badass, badass. and it's just awesome. Yep. It's just great to watch. And some of the shit in that movie, I mean, there's a scene where one of the guys just gets clotheslined <laughs> by uh, like a, a wire that they yeah. that they run. And But some of that is just so visceral and just like, and it's not yeah. I, until the end, it's not extremely gory. No, it's not. And so a lot of it is just like real visceral kind of like, oh, God, <laughs> like, oh, I can imagine that that's horrible and awful. And, you know, um, and then there is a blender scene. Oh, man. At the end. That with, blender scene. Everyone go watch like, this movie just for that blender yeah, scene. And we won't tell you who it is or what it is or how it happened. But it but is. It, it is, is intense. If and you've seen is, like Last House on the Left with Aaron Paul, it is blenderific. Yeah, it is great. But yeah. uh, but that's one of those movies. I mean, it really it felt, and that's, I guess, one thing I can say is I now that I've researched Mumblegore and Mumblecore films, a uh, little bit. Uh, I am a fan of mumble gore. Oh, yeah. Because the movies that are produced under that mumble gore style, or in that mumble gore style, they have a real, like, visceral feel to them because they're not these highly stylized Michael Bay-type shot 
movies. They're real kind of gritty and cheap feeling, and the actors feel real because a lot of times they are just normal people. Yeah. Um, but it lends a feeling of realism to the horror that makes that kind of puts you in the middle. Like you feel like this could happen to you and a group of your friends. You know what I mean? Well, and that's one of the things that I love about mumblecore just in general is and that's one of the reasons i truly appreciate it is the whole idea and the whole group of people that came in to create this mumblecore genre were just tired of hollywood sensationalizing life totally. like the rom-coms were like oh everything always has a happy ending and there's like everyone's smarter and funnier than they really are they're just like you know what what let's visualize what would happen to real people right. in real situations who aren't dealing with life and death. Now, in Mumble Gore, they are. Right. And yeah, totally. you know, another good example of a Mumble Gore that I like is um, David Koechner's Cheap Thrills. Have you seen that? Okay, I have not. You need, everyone needs yeah, to I see heard, that. And it's I, very, I know about it. It's very, very similar in the fact that it's not really super high stakes, but it gets to a crazy, crazy, very violent place. But it's done so stylistically and so realistically that it hits you at a deeper level than, say, like a psycho. Right. Or And, and I love psycho. You oh, know yeah. I love oh, psycho. Yeah. I'm not discounting that movie at all. It's, they're two different types of films. Sure. But the cheap thrills, you watch it or you're next and you watch it and you, you have that physical pain because it's just so authentic. And that's one of the things that really stands out to me about Mumblecore in general is – these stories are ones that are almost too relatable. I, I absolutely agree with that. So, rolling right along onto my number three. Chris. Keeping with the mumble gore. Because <laughs> those are the only ones you've seen. Because I'll tell you what, I am a much bigger fan of that than I thought I was. I have an idea of some of them on your list, and I'm, I'm not mentioning them on purpose because I think we'll talk about them. Well, the next one, number three, is The Innkeepers. Yeah. Also a Ty West flick. Man, he is I'll tell so you what, good. I'm a big Ty West fan. That's um, a good film. And that's a, a scary, lot of people haven't seen it. New, that's a new twist on a ghost story. Oh, totally. And, and it does not go the way you think it's going to go. And that one we will not spoil no. on this because part of what makes it so awesome is the end, really. Yeah. The thing I love about that movie, um, and then I want to hear like your assessment yeah. of it, but the thing that I love about that movie is that we all have been programmed to know the normal beats of a ghost story. So there's like the normal setup, there's the strange, the, what I call the act two strange happenings, and then there's the three that's the chase. Right. That's pretty much how all ghost stories work. Right. The innkeepers hits all three of those beats within the first half of the movie. Right. And then you're like, where is this going? Right. And you have, you're literally left in legitimately and figuratively the dark. Right. And that's what makes this movie so good. And that's why it's number three on my list is because it went to a place regarding horror movies that I honestly didn't expect it to go because it threw me for a loop because it went through that three-act structure in the first half an hour. I was like... Okay, so this must be a 35-minute movie because this is clearly <laughs> the end of the movie. And then it kept going, and it took it to this really real place. So the basic gist of the movie that we can get out without people um, spoiling too much, or without us spoiling too much, is uh, it follows 
two innkeepers, two two people who are working at uh, I think it's the Yankee Peddler Inn. <laughs> I've forgotten the name, but I and, think you're right. Um, basically, it's like this historic inn that is uh, very antiquated. You know, they still have the kind of skeleton key access. It's not key card anymore, or yet it's very uh, antique and it's it's a real historic site kind of thing. And um, one of them is very, uh, I don't know how to describe his character. He's a very, uh, he's a non-believer. Kind yes, of a, a he's realist. a skeptic, he's a skeptic, I think, that's is what the, you're trying to get to. trying to get to, thank you. And could we just, one, how good are those two main actors? Yeah. Like, names that you would, I think the biggest name in that movie is Lena Dunham. Well, Sarah Paxton Actually has gone on to do a whole bunch of shit. Has gone on to, yes. but when that At came the time, out. not so much. And they just kill it. Yeah, I mean, Lena then, Dunham is like a side character. She's in it for a total of like 12 yeah. minutes, I think. And then Pat Healy yes. is, the, is the main yep. other actor. Um, but you've got a skeptic, and then you've got this young girl who is kind of the more open-minded of the two, who feels that something is amiss in this inn. And Strange things are afoot at Yankee. And then Yankee, shit yeah. gets real fucking weird, real fuck. Well, I, you know what? I was going to say real fast. They don't. It's not. It's it not. is an incredible slow burn. But it's there worth is just, it. Oh, absolutely. And the last, like, 15 minutes of that movie or 20 minutes is, once again, kind of like in the year next or uh, House of the Devil. You get to this just extreme crazy point that you're like, the whole first part of the movie, you never thought you would have ended yeah. up there. And then everything goes cuckoo bananas, and then the movie's over. And you're just like, what the fuck? And I literally think the last 20 minutes of that movie, I never unclenched my hands or my butthole. Right. Yeah. I was with yeah. you, and I had my finger up there, and it stayed <laughs> tight the whole time. The whole time. And uh, I think the porn title would be The Skin Keepers. Ooh, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That which could also be a very horrific Wait, horror to, movie. We need to re we need to rewind here since we're oh well it's perfect time because we can recap my my top three yeah. and we need to come up with some some so we've got House of the Devil so I'm gonna say the House of the Anal. <laughs> okay, well, I couldn't think of one, but that's that's great. House of the Anal. House of the Anal. Uh, is my number five. Great. Uh, my number four was your next. So I'm gonna say your next. Gang Bang Part Three. <laughs> you're, you're next for fucking. Right. You're next. I like that too. You're next for fucking, but that's a Gang Bang series. Right. Of course. So we'll say you're next for fucking Part Eight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah, of course. Right. Um, and then you've got the Skin Keepers, which could also be a very horrific, like torture porn movie. It really. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Or, yeah. 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 Or. Or um, it could also be the skin peekers. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I like that better. Skin peekers. I like that better. They're peeking at some skin. Yeah, yeah, I like they that better. They see them titty nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really like your list, although it does disqualify us from having an episode on Mumble Yeah, Gore I'm sorry. Itself. That's never going to happen. <laughs> because you're doing it. But again, I love the ability to talk about more of these. So like, while I'm hitting Mumblecore... I would say proper, you're hitting Mumble Gore, and they all exist in the same universe, but all so totally worth it and watchable. So on that note, we should break Yeah, for some of our sponsors. They should, yeah. I mean, I've been actually, the whole time I've been petting my beard because it has beard money 
beard oil in it. And, and it's the new product that they just sent us. And I, the entire show, have been petting your beard. And, and it's it feels super soft. luxurious. It's like a baby's pubic hair. It really is. Just yeah. super soft and flowy. And the police get involved. And shit gets weird. And so then if you want <sighs> super soft and flowy beard, go to beardmoney.com, buy yeah. a shirt. By They've rebranded, by the way. It's I don't know if you've seen, so but people, people need to check it out. They've got a sh- uh, spanking new logo. It's got like a smiley face with a yep. beard on it. It looks great. But you know what they didn't change? What? They didn't change the fact that if people use High Five as their promo code, they get 20% off. They sure as fuck do. So everyone should go there because they're our favorite sponsors. So, you know, the last thing you want in life is a scratchy, icky beard and shitty t-shirts. So go to beardmoney.com. And use the promo code high five and get 20% off. Get some beard oil, get some shirts. You'll be happy with your life. Your significant others will be happy with your life. And you won't have to cry yourself to sleep in a gutter like most people do, like Q does every single night. Now, on that note, don't say a word. Don't say a word. Let's go to our second favorite sponsors. to belong to a fan club but you didn't know which one there are too many fan clubs so join the club for too many fan clubs you like fan clubs you want to be part of fan clubs you love fan clubs be a fan of the fan clubs well originally i was only in one fan club but then i joined too many fan clubs and it was like i had my choice of fan clubs yeah i also became one of many fan club members and now i'm just too overwhelmed to even think straight Not that president, the other president. The one that's not so cool. You know, because there's a fan club for that. Yeah, too many fan clubs. McJiminy's Star Wars Impersonators. We can do all your favorite voices. Mm, welcome to the Force, you will. I'm Chewbacca. Roar! Hey, I'm Han Solo. I'm too cool to do this advertisement. Mick Jiminy Star Wars Impersonators. You need a Leia for your party? You need a Luke for your luau? You need a Vader for your vivisection? Because we'll do Star Wars things all up in it. We're out of this world. And we're back. I love those sponsors. They're good sponsors. They're like my second favorite. Yeah, people can uh, not find any of their products anywhere. No. I mean, maybe like on YouTube or on our website or our Twitter feed. Right. And that's pretty much it. We're pretty exclusive when it comes to our second favorite sponsors. And you know what we're also open to? We're open to uh, any posters or uh, images, logos that you can think of that you that you just picture in your mind whole when you hear these sponsors, <laughs> send them to us. Send yeah. them to us at my5 at high5thepodcast.com. And the ones that turn out to be real, we'll actually play their we'll ads. And you know what? If you send one that's real, real good, and as long as you sign a legal release saying we can do it, we might even throw it on one of our T-shirts. Boop, 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 boop. You could be famous. High five famous. High five famous. So... Actually, speaking of second favorites, I think it's time to get into my second favorite Mumblecore film. Let's do it. So 
this break one, me off a piece of that chit chat bar. <laughs> I, yep, <laughs> that happened. Just, just a whole lot of no. How do you do that? A whole lot of no. Nope. How do you deal with it? <laughs> I just, chit, chit chat. <laughs> I really like that and hate it at the same time. <laughs> like that's amazing. Yep. Break me off a piece of that chit chat bar. <laughs> it's just two people sitting. You like you you pay like two dollars and right. it's just two old people sitting around talking about nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like pancakes. Like our show. <laughs> yeah. Pancakes. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So after that amazing aside, uh, I'm ready to get into my top two. I'm ready to hear it. So my number two Drop a is big one number two that right sort of flopped. Is that a poop on her chest? <laughs> yep. So this one actually flopped around a little bit on my list. I <laughs> did that on purpose, pun intended. Um, but it landed on number two just because of the execution and how well it kind of prescribes itself into the mumblecore genre. But it's a movie by the, uh, the director Lynn Shelton, and she's kind of a queen of mumblecore. And it's called Your Sister's Sister. Oh, and, I'm thinking of some good porn titles for this one. And the porn title is literally just Your Sister's Sister. <laughs> Your Sister's Sister and their big hung mister. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yay. That You're welcome. Really, Thank you. That was really good. Um, but this one has some, this one does have some big name actors in it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Mark Duplass, before he got really big, but On yeah. On the league. Yeah. Uh, this actually, I think, was like around the first season of the league. Man, that show is funny as. It is really good, and Mark Duplass is just great in just about everything. He's just a great guy. He's really neat. He is a neat. He is a neat dude. He is just. He is a neat fella. He is a real friend of the show. I like him. He's a fella. He's probably our best friend. He's a fella I prefer. He's my best friend. Honestly, we hang out on the weekends. He's more of my friend than he is your. Sometimes we play catch. Oh, just like kind of throw the ball that's around. Sweet. He's my surrogate dad. Yeah, I don't have anybody who loves me. Oh, but Mark, Mark loves you. Yeah, he does. Mark, he's a real, just genuine soul. Mark dump ass. He just yeah. loves you. He just dumps right on my <laughs> ass. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> Pooping back and forth forever. That's a reference <laughs> to me you and everyone we else. <sighs> okay, but anyway, Mark Duplass, uh-huh. Emily Blunt, and Rosemary Dewitt. They're the three I like the cast. that are in it. And this is one that, it's again, it's mumblecore straight up. It's shot in 12 days. Nice. It's on a shoestring budget. And it's it's basically everything you could ever want from mumblecore. It, it's Mark Duplass is struggling after the loss of his brother. Uh-huh. And his best friend, who is Emily Blunt, gives basically sends him to her dad's cabin. She's like, like get it. away from the world, spend some time like meditating, f- figuring out your life because he's like turned down jobs, he's ruined relationships, he's just, he can't, he's spiraling. Okay. So she sends him up to the cabin. Unbeknownst to her, her lesbian sister, played by Rosemary DeWitt, is at that cabin. Dude, this already sounds like a porn. I know, right? <laughs> and it gets even better because Mark Duplass gets there and then they start drinking and he has sex with the lesbian sister. What? And then it and, is a porn. Yeah. <laughs> and then Emily Blunt randomly shows up the next day and the rest of the movie is just them dealing with the awkwardness of that situation trapped in a cabin together. And what is this called? Your sister's sister. Your sister's sister. It's great. It like I said it was shot in 12 days, but it has a lot of actually twists and turns in it that you wouldn't expect. 
and they feel extremely Do they end up having a three-way climax, best friends forever? I'm not going to say no. Okay. But I'm not going to say yes. In my mind, that's exactly what happened. But you have to watch it. This is another one that's on Netflix. It's uh, on I Stream It All. People can easily get a hold of this one. And I can't recommend it enough. It's one, again, super short, about hour and 17 minutes. Nice. So easy, easy to digest, if you will. But everything about it, again, very – about, about 50% of it is scripted, but most of it is just completely improvised, and they use natural settings really well. They're at this beautiful cabin, and they spend the entire movie just talking about themselves and coming to realizations about each other, and then the twists just naturally fall into the story, and they create this drama that feels completely earned, and I – it. The more and more I think about it, just the more and more I love it. And every time I watch it, I love it a little bit more. And knowing the twist doesn't even ruin the film as you just kind of get there naturally. Nice. And Mark Duplass is so good at this mumblecore genre. Uh-huh. Like he's done, you know, the puffy chair I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, him and his brother film a lot of these. Uh-huh. And he is just a natural fit for this character. You believe him, you root for him, but you don't necessarily like anybody but you love everything about the film right so that's it number two for me just because it sticks with me the most i love it so far you've actually given me i'm using your list as like this is kind of these are all movies that sound like i want to watch them so i'm very surprised and you should and i hope everybody does after they listen to this podcast everyone in the world because everyone in the world listens to this yes well, cl- clearly, I mean, it's not like we're some unknown whatever. Nope. So that's my number two. Pure Hollywood right here, dog. Boop, boop. So, yeah, that's like my it. number two. I think it's solid. Your sister's sister. Your sister's and sister. And big hung mister. <laughs> that's it. Yes. Um, and then, so my number one, uh-huh. number one Mumblecore movie of all time is Before Sunset by Richard Linklater. What? Have you seen any of the Before trilogy? Uh, no. He's got it's like a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Richard Linklater, who's a fantastic director, he's got Before Sunrise uh-huh. and Before Sunset, and then Before Midnight, and they both star Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Really? And you've never seen any of these? I have not. You need to. The thing about them is these are 100% scripted. Okay. But they're in the vein of his... I was about to say, does this really qualify for... Uh... It does. I'll go, I'll go into why. All right. But it, it, they're in the vein of his like slacker. If okay. If you've seen slacker where it's just people having conversations. I have indeed. And boyhood is similar as well. Right. Um, again, Ethan Hawke, great performer in all of these. So he's basically like the Johnny Depp to... Uh, Richard Linklater? Yeah. yeah. He, and he is, but he's really great. This was a big budget, you know, big budget director, major names. You know, Ethan Hawke it was a big name by this time. Uh-huh. But it, it, it's kind of a perfect example of what Mumblecore strives to be because the, the plot is literally these two characters, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Uh-huh. They meet nine years after they had a one-night stand. Uh-huh. And that's, the one-night stand is what takes place in Before Sunrise. Right. And it just enca- it takes, encompasses their entire night together, and they talk so about love and bef- relationships and their like, early 20s. Before Sunrise, that's the title, right? Before Sunrise, Before okay. Sunset, Before Midnight. Those, right. the, those are the three. This one's the middle one. Right. 
And it's basically the entire movie buns, is them. Bun, buns for some guys. Yeah, awesome. That's the porn title. Great. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's, a perfect, yep. that's a perfect title. Cool. Um, I've been, I was thinking, and I was 100% listening to you. I swear, Scout's Honor. It sounded like it because you just gazed off into the horizon. But I was not really concentrating me. super hard on coming up with a really good porn title for it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got and a good And buns for some guys is what, what I came up with, so you're welcome. I'm glad you got an interesting one out of that. Mm -hmm. um, the movie deals with some of that uh -huh. but basically the premise is they meet nine years it's filmed nine years after the original one okay so the age matches for the actors and the characters and the movie takes place in real time kind of boyhood style kind of so richard linkletter is toying with this concept he is and he's actually filming boyhood around this same time because it took Ew. like 12 years to film that fantastic so he's hitting those same notes but this movie, what I love, it takes place in real time. Uh -huh. So it's an hour and a half long, and it takes place across an hour and a half of these two people walking around Paris reconnecting. That's, this one is not selling me at all. I'm going to be honest, that sounds boring as... <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does, but... That is mumble snore. Nice. If you've seen Slacker and enjoyed that, or if you've seen Boyhood and enjoyed that, it's along the similar vein. The dialogue is so good, okay. and the acting is so impressive mm -hmm. that it just it sort of sucks you in. They talk about philosophy. They talk about life. They talk about love. They talk about their relationships, and you can snore all you want, but they have an amazing chemistry, the two actors, uh -huh. shot in 15 days. One of the things I love about Linklater is he incorporates all these real-life aspects, mm -hmm. so... During those 15 days when he shot, he would only shoot at the time of day the movie takes place. So the light would be natural, and the settings would be completely natural to the time. So I had a thought about this, right? So you and I, we've talked about the technical <coughs> wonder that was boyhood. Yeah. And now you're explaining to me uh, how you know he would only shoot things as they happen and I know we're all kind of like, ooh, ah, that's so creative. But I'm going to be honest with you, that just sounds super fucking lazy. Like he's like, <laughs> as little work to make this scene look like the scene as possible. Let's just film it when it like actually happens. Like we'll just, and you know what? No script. You guys just say things. And no, we'll this one has a definite script. Linklater writes every bit of dialogue. Oh, okay. Well, the, okay. So the rest of the production is just really So lazy. your argument is completely flawed. Is that... Richard Linkletter, laziest director on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Completely flawed. Um, but one thing, there's a bit of trivia that I love about this film and the whole Before trilogy. Ooh, a little bit of trivia. Yeah, a little bit of trivia. Is that Linkletter wrote Before Sunrise, the first one, okay. about a one-night stand he had had. Oh, shit, he's burning her in real life. Yeah, but, but wait, it gets better. Is he had that, and he didn't get her contact information, had no way of contacting her. Mm -hmm. So he wrote the movie in hopes that she would hear about it and come to the premiere so he could see her again. Oh, I thought it was going to be so he could just slam her in person. Just be like, no. look at this movie, man. <laughs> no. Look what I did. <laughs> I mean, I, sure. I did this entire feature film to just embarrass you in person. I'm sure he would have. Burn. Uh, you're going you're gonna to feel great in just a second. Because oh the, no, did she die? <laughs> the, okay, so he he made that movie and she didn't show up to the premiere. Uh, so then nine years later, he makes Before Sunset. <laughs> shut up. He's like, I'm doing it again. <laughs> she didn't come to the first one. Round two. Well, in the second one, Ethan Hawke's character has written a book about 
the first movie. Uh huh. And in hopes that she'll come to the book signing, and she does, and that's the premise of the film. And then she didn't come to that premiere either, and so he made Before Midnight nine years later. <laughs> Round three, my plan is gonna work eventually. So he gets a call from her roommate, says she had died in a motorcycle accident the year before the first one was released. Aww. So you feel like an ass. Not really, because that <laughs> still sounds like exactly what he was doing. He was probably like, damn it, this franchise is over now. I can't do a part four. Well, he could. He could, but it has to be nine years. And then they're just like, after the next one. They're, you're going to show this at her wake. <laughs> one way or another, <laughs> she's a- seeing it. The last one is about her awake. I'm sure. It is. It is. But also, once again, proves my point. Laziest director ever. Just He's just like, I don't know. This happened in my life, so we're just gonna film it. The last one's just called After Death. Oh. <laughs> so, but anyway, it soundtrack is by Biggie. <laughs> after his death. Yeah, life after Biggie death. Biggie and Tupac. Yeah, it's just all rap. Yeah. And it's actually <laughs> filmed with holograms, it just not actors. Fits. It fits so just. well. With what the film actually Super expensive. Is. <laughs> completely unnecessary. But it is my number one because it it's completely based off the dialogue. Just like we said earlier that Mumblecore is. It's, it's dialogue-driven. It's not plot-driven. It's character-driven. It's filmed in natural locations, and it's based off non-world-threatening plot devices. I can dig it, man. And I, I think this one is one that you can watch on YouTube. Like, you can just pirate the whole thing and which, watch it which there. Which is clearly something you're promoting really hard for and this episode for very, some reason. It's, or you can buy it. it. Like we talked about, you can buy it in the trunk of the guy right. in the parking lot in of the, the Kmart for, watching like, it has, $25. At his own house. He's just, this one, he's just watching his own computer. <laughs> That's it. He's just it's got the YouTube. camcorder just, like, set up. He's got a camcorder up. on YouTube. YouTube. Even better. <laughs> So, I like it. So he's pirating the pirating. <laughs> so he's pirating the pirating. Awesome. So, but anyway, that's... Nothing that's, is more hipster than that. No, it's not. That's and Richard Linklater is a very so hipster meta. director. So this one is my number one. It's just the best embodiment of what I think Mumblecore can and should be. I like and it. And it's totally engrossing. So that's I can't solid. recommend it highly So enough. roll back through your list for me. Okay. Real titles and porn titles. Okay. So number five, number five yep. is Bellflower yep. or Ballflower. Porn sequels, Ballflower. Uh, number four uh-huh. is Computer Chest, uh-huh. which is Come Poop on Her Chest. Right. Porn title. Yep. Uh, number three is uh-huh. Drinking Buddies. Yep. Or Drinking Fuck Buddies. Yep, perfect. The porn title. Uh, number four is Your Sister's Sister, <laughs> or Your Sister's Sister and Her Hung Mister. <laughs> from the porn title. Love it. And then uh, number one is Before Sunset, which was... <laughs> No, I thought it was Before Sunrise. No, this is Before Sunset. Oh, well, that fucked up my porn title because it was Buns for some guys. This is b- Buns for... Nah, fuck it. Um, it's, oh, it's ruined. You ruined it. A big set? <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Before Sunset... Uh, big ones for a set. No, I got nothing. Nah, I don't know. All right. Well, we'll just have to reach out. Hopefully, people will reach out before Hung Set. Tweet. Sure. Sure. Tweet whatever. at us. Hi, hi, the number five, the podcast. Uh, you can uh, email us, my5 at high5thepodcast.com. Tell us what your porn title for Before Sunset would be. Yeah. We want to know. It's very imperative. Now, speaking of porn titles, what are your top two? Yep, I got two. Two left. That's and how the top two work. <laughs> it is. Normally, after five, four, and three comes eight and seven. So here we go. Number eight <laughs> is uh, The Sacrament. 
Ooh, hey, I mentioned that Which one. you mentioned earlier, <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up, because you're spoiling my list. Man, you have a lot of Ty West on I do. I'm a big Ty West fan. Also, one of the five Mumblecore films that I've seen. So, once again, had to be included on the list. I just kind of ranked them. This one is like pure Mumblecore, because it is, it's found footage style, like sort Absolutely. of vice film. Like it's, it's supposed to be a vice it's segment. It's got the whole, uh, uh, what was that? What was the, yeah, I don't know. Wow, <laughs> that was terrible. I'm just looking at you, and I just got lost in your eyes that for a second. I totally so forgot terrible. what I was saying. But yes, uh, Jim Jones. That was, yes. That's what I was thinking. It's got uh, the whole Jim Jones cult shit yeah. going on. Um, and, it and was that, a pretty hardcore, harrowing movie as I was watching it. Even though, A, yes, it's filmed in the style of a Vice kind of news story. It's, it's framed and bookend in that way, which they did a fantastic job because as I was actually watching the opening of the movie, I kind of forgot that I wasn't watching a Vice, you know, news doc means it, That means it did, he did it well. That's what that means. He sure, he sure did. Good job, Meow. Ty West. You've, you've done it. You've reached uh, approval by the High Five guys, which I know is exactly what you've strived for in your career. You've made it. Congratulations. You're there. But to, to talk about the movie, I mean, the actor who plays the Jim Jones character is, is crazy good. Is the, I mean, he's crazy good. Um, the, uh, do you remember his name? The Jim Jones actor guy who plays that main um, character? Let me look. Let's see if I have it in my notes here. And I do not. That's fine. But he's, he really, was he's really good. Scary good. Yeah. I mean, he's super intimidating, really drives the story forward, because this, this could have been one that was like a slow burn, and it was, but the last 20 minutes just goes balls out. And what's crazy about this is because it is done in a way, this isn't, I wouldn't consider this necessarily a horror movie. Mm. I would say this is a real-life kind of thriller, because it, it's legit. This is the horrors of humanity. There's nothing supernatural going on in nope. this movie. There's nothing extraterrestrial or monsters or anything mm. like that. This is just horrific things happening to people by other people. It's just yeah. completely fucked. And I loved it. Like, that was one that I watched and just, I just ate up. I yeah. Couldn't get, I couldn't, couldn't no, get. I 100% could not agree more. So what would the porn title be like? The, the Sack of Nuts? Uh, um, the, the Sacks of Men. The Sacks of Men. Okay, yeah. yeah. Great. I like the Sacks it. of Men. Sacks of Men. Um, and my number one, this is it, not a Mumblegore movie. Oh. Safety not guaranteed. Awesome. Duplass. Yes. Duplass yes. again. That's a good one. I love this movie. It's Aub good. It's Aubrey great. Aubrey Plaza, Mark Duplass. It is, uh, Colin, Colin Trevorrow. Is, is Jake Johnson in that one too? Uh, no, I don't think so. You mean Jack Johnson? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, Colin Trevorrow, though, gone on to do big things. After this movie, they were like, you know what's really a very huge blockbuster? Safety not guaranteed. So you know what we should have him do next? Mm, Jurassic World. You know what we should have him do after that? Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, it does. I mean, it... It, it should get more attention than it does. Uh, I mean, Marilyn Raxub, 24, Chloe from 24 is yes. what I always know her as. And that's, I was right. Jake Johnson is in it. He's Jack Johnson. Jeff. He He's is. Jeff. Jack Johnson is definitely in it. So he's yeah. singing, playing his ukulele, talking about the beach. And that's another one that 
it's normal people dealing with a weird situation. It's sort of like Bellflower in that way where kind of weird things are the crux of it, but it's not – nothing weird happens really. We won't spoil yeah, no, anything, no, no, spoiler but yes, alert. at, at – um, the movie is definitely a head scratcher. Like yes. there's some things where you're kind of like – and that's what I love. You know, the, the premise of the movie is um, this uh, – they're reporters – Right, and they're writing mm-hmm. a a uh, a personality piece, a kind of a puff piece for uh, their news outlet. And this guy had written in talking about how he was a time traveler, <laughs> and how he, you know, had the the uh, schematics for his time machine, and he's building it, and, and he's coming a, back. Such a great Mark Duplass role. He's and so good in it. And it has this amazing feel where you're watching it, and you're like, you know, as a normal thinking human being, time travel is not a thing that is based in reality. And uh, through the course of this movie, it does make you question and kind of go, <laughs> is he a time traveler? Like, well, because the or reporters, a time traveler. <laughs> well, the reporters are our, our kind of funnel into the movie because they're skeptics. Mm-hmm. And so we're skeptics going in, and Mark Duplass has the uphill battle of convincing them and us of what he's talking about. Right. And it's I, I, he, he plays that perfectly. That was actually one that I almost put on my honorable mentions. And it was so good. That's what crushed it for me. And um, the budget on this one, like we were talking about, $750,000. So super small. Not so great. shit. And you've got fairly, I mean, at the time, this movie came out in 2012. Right. So, the, so Mark Duplass had been doing this kind of film yeah. for a while now. He was well into the league at this point. Um, this was, so to get Aubrey Plaza, who, who was on Parks, Parks and Rec, Rec. Um, to get uh, him, I'm pretty sure New Girl had started by 2012. Yep. So you've got Jack Johnson, <laughs> who... <laughs> Who uh, who is in who is in this movie as well? But you've got some fairly decent sized star power, yep. albeit television star power, but still t- star power nonetheless. And still doing it on a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar budget <laughs> is bananas. So um, the fact that they did that, but I think what really and you know this will kind of segue into why I think he got offered um, uh, the Jurassic Worlds and the Star Wars after this. This was a very interesting way of blending character-driven, interesting story with kind of high fantasy concepts. Yeah. So much like Jurassic World, they were like, okay, we got this movie that's this like super far-out concept, and we want you, their hope, I think, was we want you to ground it and make it feel like this could actually happen. Well, and the interesting thing about that, I know we're not talking about Jurassic World, but... I remember the first time I saw that, my wife and I walked out of the theater and was like, that seems like a theme park that could legitimately exist. It does. Like, it felt like a real, like, Walt Disney World or Universal Studios. But if you'll remember, that's part of what was so magic about the original Jurassic Park was uh, Spielberg made that when when you got the, hi there, kids, I'm Mr. DNA. That whole thing, that whole setup felt at the time, like a ride yeah. that would be at Disney at the time. So it had this very real-world grounded mm-hmm. feel. And unfortunately, that's kind of what the sequels of Jurassic Park got away from. They right. just became more like show and like just adventure, crazy shit. Like right. adventure chase movies. In the first one, they like almost set it in a zoo. And this one, they almost they set it in a Disney world, basically. And so I think that's what they were going for with this flick was, or with that idea with Colin Trevorrow, was they were like, 
bring it back, bring it back to the real world. So that's my number one. And safety not guaranteed, say it won't burn when I pee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yay! So that's the porn title for You're that good one. At this. Thank You're you. good at this. Yeah. So I, go through your top five with uh, uh, regular titles and porn sequels. All right. So my number five, House of the Devil or House of the Anal. Great. Uh, number four, Your Next or Your Next for oh, fucking fuck. part eight. <laughs> right? Because that's a series. Number three, The Innkeepers or The Skin Peekers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, number four is The Sacrament or The Sacks of Men. Great. Yep. And number one, safety not guaranteed, is uh, say it won't burn when I pee. Amazing. Amazing. I like your list a lot. I like your list. I've enjoyed all those movies, and I kind of want to revisit some of them now. I think we should. I think we should do it together. But we should only do it if we watch it after it's been re-recorded onto a 16-millimeter film from from a VHS and or beta source. Right. And we have to watch them through one of those old school like Viewmaster picture finders. <laughs> we just have to click frame it really by fast. Frame. <laughs> we have to click it really fast. The the spinning disc is gigantic yeah, on it. Yeah, that's the only way. But it has to be done. Yep, it does. It has to be done. So, like we said, it's time to bust out into some of our favorite sponsors again. Yeah. So I think we'll do so. that, and then uh, we'll reconvene for what is, I think, quite possibly everyone's favorite time on our show. Game. Game time. time. So uh, let's hear from some sponsors. Sure, why not? Well, you know you've got a problem when you've got to call Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. Do you have gophers that are giving you problems? Do you have a regiment of critters? Do you have underground explosives ready to blow those little motherfuckers out of their holes? Do you have a stomach that can take take it? I love it. Come on down to Captain Buford's Gopher Patrol. We'll make sure them gophers stay the hell out of your yard. All right. And so we're back. Those were amazing. And fast. Those were amazing. <laughs> they were the best. Oscar-worthy so commercial contenders. I felt so good in my pants. Did you? That was a weird, awkward that pause that you had. <laughs> I was uh, just like, mm. that was a pregnant pause. Um, so you know what time it is? It's 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 game time. So why don't you tell me? Because I'm gonna be honest, you kind of kept me in the dark on this one. I what, did. Uh, um, I'm calling, and I've stolen this one from a clip I saw, but I'm gonna I'm adapting it for our purposes. I'm calling it Mumble Bumble. Mumble See? Bumble. Mumble I like Bumble. It. Okay, I like so it. what we're gonna do is I have these handy dandy soundproof noise canceling headphones okay and i'm gonna have you wear them oh boy and then i'm gonna trade we're gonna trade off i'm gonna play loud as shit music Uh on from my phone okay while you have these on and i'm going to say words and phrases and you're gonna have to guess what i'm saying (laughs) oh boy all right. So, yeah. Let's do it. Are you ready to do this? I'm in it. Okay. Well, let me get this queued get up. queued up. Get it meet up. And so, I'll do three, and then you'll trade back, and then you'll do three, and then I'll trade back, and I'll do three, and we'll go on until we're out of things. All right. Sounds good. I'm so, just gonna... there should be a green light on one yep, side. I yep. see it. Okay. Now, put it on. Okay. And you can't hear me at all? Okay. So... 
puffy muffin stuffing? Uh, I'm gonna guess <laughs> puffy chuffin. <laughs> puffy muffin stuffing. Trust the muffin stuffing. <laughs> it's so close. Puffy muffin stuffing. Puff the muffin stuffing. <laughs> okay, that's good enough. Good enough. Okay. Number two. Paradox. <laughs> A pair of... <laughs> no. <laughs> Paradox. <laughs> A... A pair of blocks. <laughs> Paradox. <laughs> A pair of socks. <laughs> Paradox. A paradox. Yay! Okay, now number three. Pratherfaction. <laughs> Pratherfaction. Brother fashion? <laughs> Pratherfaction. Breath of ashes? <laughs> <laughs> Prather faction. Breath fashion. <laughs> no. Give me that. The first one was puffy muffin stuffing. The second was paradox. Was paradox. Which you got. Which took the a third, Prather faction. <laughs> okay, so my turn. Now I'm going to put on the headphones. I'm going to tell you, that is shockingly hard to do. I know. That's why it's fun. Also, it's great music. <laughs> what? Huh? Are you ready? All right. So number one. Okay. <laughs> number one. Super califragilistic <laughs> That's so long. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Super califragilistic You want to know a brother of fucks? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Super califragilistic. Expialidocious. Color something, <laughs> fugger waters. Super califragilistic. You suck at this. <laughs> Expialidocious. Another brother function, Duplass? Nope. <laughs> Number two. Number two, you ready? Chaos and disorder. Gay off and others? Nope. <laughs> Chaos and disorder. Gandalf and the dwarf? <laughs> no. Chaos and disorder. Sayer and the door? <laughs> no. <laughs> Chaos and disorder. Gandalf and the door? Nope. <laughs> That's it. Moving on to number three. <laughs> Quentin is the best. Crazy and the meth. <laughs> Quentin is the best. Crazy double breasts. <laughs> Quentin is the best. <laughs> One more time. Quentin is the best. Crazy in your mouth. That's it. No, you got none of them. What was it? First one, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Number two, chaos and disorder. I said door. <laughs> and number three, Quentin is the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, your turn. I've got, 
Oh, we got we got more. I've got I've got two more. I'm gonna be honest. It's making my head hurt a little bit. <laughs> okay. So let's pause on that. <laughs> okay. And let's just call it a game. Okay. That was that was weird and long. <laughs> And probably one of my favorites. It's really hard to do it with your beard. I can't see your mouth through the mustache. I can't see past your beard. It's so luscious because of beardmoney.com. My favorite was when I said paradox and you were paracox. Uh, <laughs> you said parasox. That's what it looked like. It's, uh, you were so close. I wasn't even close on your. That was amazingly oh, awesome. I love this game. This is probably one of my favorite games you've come up with so far. Thank you. Yep. And again, I have to admit I stole it from a clip I saw online, but I adapted it to our purposes. This is absolutely wonderful and a perfect way to end our show. I think I think uh, there's nowhere to go from here. We've mumbled, we fumbled, we've and we bumbled. almost got into a rumble. Let's get ready to and, stumble. And tumble? And grumble. Uh, fumble! Humble. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's tell everybody how they can reach out to us real quick. Sure. Uh, you can email us at my5 at highfivethepodcast.com or just go to highfivethepodcast.com. You can see all our links there. Go to our store from there. Yep. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash high five the podcast all words no spaces we've got the tweeter you can tweet at us at at high number five the podcast uh we're on the grams of insta you can check us out see some pictures just search for high five the podcast also let's go ahead and plug ourselves we've got some live shows coming up heck yeah third coast comedy fantastic new venue located in nashville tennessee Please come out. They're, they're super fun. They actually get uh, cr part <coughs> crowd participation in those. Absolutely. Uh, you can give us suggestions for commercials. We have you play games with us. You can us. just shout at us if you want. Most people do. Uh, but also check out their, their other lineup of amazing shows. they got great stuff going on. You can go to their website at www.thirdcoastcomedy.club. Check out their entire calendar of upcoming shows. It's all good stuff. Uh, and pick up some tickets for our show while you're there. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much it. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go see if I can catch that guy in the parking lot and buy one of those tapes. Grumble. <laughs>